You read the Bible, Greg. Talking to me? I'm a law Wait, wait, let me, let me explain something to you. Um, I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. So what you want? Jesus freak. Got a bad feeling about this. King Kong ain't got shit on me! Do I really look like a guy with a Hello and welcome to the Film and Loathing Podcast for Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021. This is episode number 99 and I'm Jake. I'm Chris. And I'm Zach. Oh, nothing fancy, Zach? Coming up this week, we got a review of Nomadland, just recently come to Hulu. We'll also be talking about some other things that we watched and whatever else comes up along the way, so thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. If you haven't been following along, this is uh, the big episodes coming up next week. Number 100 coming down the pipe. Do you guys ever think we would make it to 100 episodes? Not even remotely. I did. I knew. Chris, when we got to like 50 episodes, we said, did you think you'd make it this far? And you said no then. So there's no way you could have thought that we'd make it to 100 if we weren't even going to make it Yeah, but there's been a lot of time. There's been more than 50 weeks between episode 50 and 100. At that point, I realized that I had to go balls deep. I have no other life options. This is it. Once this podcast ends, I'm, I'm done. To be fair, within the next week and a half, one of us could die. We would never make it to 100, but... I would be so pissed at you if you guys died before. <laughs> I'd get maybe, to your funerals and just be like that fucking asshole quit on us. That piece of maybe shit. Maybe like Thursday night by midnight, you have have to have a top one hundred PDF submitted to the Dropbox, so that way if you do die, we can still carry on to the episode. We'll just read your list for you. Oh man. And I could just picture it, like, if I died halfway through this week and you guys had to read my list onto the podcast live on air, just get to, like, and number one, Little Nicky? What the fuck? No, it probably, more realistically, it'd be like, what the fuck, Chris? You only came up with 75. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Just saying, don't be surprised. Chris, I would... Chris to stop 75. I'm going to go ahead and just say that, like... If you were the one to die, I guess, Jacob, this applies to you too. If either of you were to die and we, it was up to us to just read your list for you, I would make alterations as I see fit. <laughs> yeah. How, what exactly could you all alterate to make it more, what you mean, like fit to you or fit to like the person who died? I mean, like, it would be like... Oh, man, Chris Chris has Hoobie Halloween as number, like, 79. That's too low. <laughs> Let's bump that up about 20. <laughs> oh, Chris, I didn't know your number 25 favorite movie was Ice Cube's Are We There Yet? <laughs> oh, Chris, speaking of movie suggestions, do you need... Do you have Rain Man in your top 100? Mm, potentially. I remember, like, the first time I watched it, like, thinking it was awesome. And then I remember watching it a second time and being like, it's still really good, but I don't think it deserved all the hype that I gave it the first time. 
So it'll probably make it, but it would have to be a lower movie. Go with the Hangover. Hangover, yeah. Hangover. Like, I loved that movie for years. And if this is an accurate representation of my top 100 throughout my life, it's got to be there. Slumber Party Massacre Part 2. Have you seen that? I have not seen any of the Slumber Party Massacre's movies, Zach. And I don't intend to. How many of them are there, Zach? Three. And you've seen all three? Yes. Like what percentage of those will make it into your top 100? 33%. percent. <laughs> 33%? 33%? Okay. One of them is going to be there. I will tell you, repeating. not including the remake, which is fine, but I don't care for very much, there are 10 Friday the 13th movies, and 20% of them are in my top 100. There's 10 of them? Okay. Oh my fucking gosh. You're going to hear, just so you're aware, during that editing, me smacking the mic against my forehead. I'll silence it. That's fine. I do the editing for the show anyways. Just so you're prepared for that. I'm going to, every time that I give a movie, I'm going to edit in, like, applause. Wow, great choice. (laughs) Only for you, though. Everybody else is going to get a boo. Well, I'm going to go through all the other episodes and, like, like recreate Chris saying different phrases. So like I'll say a movie and then it'll be like a jumbo of Chris being like, that is so cool. And like just other random shit like that. <laughs> I was thinking, thinking about, about this like more and more. Like I need to make like a Chris soundboard. No, what we for okay. I can't for imagine our, what those sound bits would be. Like I can't imagine there'd be anything too exciting for that soundboard. For our next intro song, can we just make it a mashup of all the things Chris has said in 100 episodes and do Ice Ice Baby out of it? (laughs) (laughs) All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Gosh, that would be too much. Well, at least you just gave us five of those words for us already. I'm not going to make it that easy on you. you. Kidding me? Maybe we should have like I think that could be a lot of fun. Chris doing straight out of the Compton. <laughs> we have to find like the off air recorded segments where Chris says the N word. Yeah. What are yeah, you talking about? That's Chris, that's Chris for you. He's always he's always slurring it when Mike's not on. What the fuck, guys? <laughs> Just kidding. Chris does not Chris actively tries to censor himself i try i everybody should know i try zach chris on the acts other like, hand, he's an open racist so chris acts like one of our like 30 <laughs> listeners is gonna like cancel him even though no one really gives a shit what chris thinks about anything i see <laughs> i see that's where you're wrong because everybody's listening chris lives his life Those as if he's about to host the oscars and someone's looking for a reason to cancel him we have 30 listeners, but those 30 listeners are the 30 most powerful, richest people on the planet. So That's true. There's a lot of listeners that might care what you have to say. Exactly. So we, we may not be getting the, the everyday crowd that people are after, but, you know, like Bill Gates is listening. You know, Jeff Bezos is listening. That, that, that Huawei's owner is listening. Like, this is, this is a big deal to these guys. <laughs> What was that last company you just said? Huawei? 
Huawei? Oh, is that that Japanese electronic company? I don't know if it's Japanese. I'm pretty sure it's Chinese, but it is. Do you ever think that we should start tailoring our attitudes towards like a specific subgroup of people so that it just boosts our attention? Start pushing the Chinese market more? Like if we become like the official film podcast of the alt right? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know about that. You can start us off, Zach. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll make a soundboard out of that shit. Why not? Give it a go, Zach. I'll proudly, I'll proudly be the uh, paid sponsor of uh, Natural Light Seltzer. I mean, obviously they would have to pay us. Like we're not gonna do it for free, but. <laughs> You could think, the thing is, is that we wouldn't need payment and, like, money. I wouldn't need money. Just give me, like, a case every, like, two weeks. If That's we an idiot. just get one company to idiot, send us dude. something for free. You me you wouldn't take really? that? In an ideal world where you get paid for this, you get paid in phone cases every two weeks? No, not phone cases. Pay me in a case. Like, a case of natural light seltzer. <laughs> You're an idiot. I'm just saying, like... If that's our cap, that's our cap. You know, like, I'm shooting for our stars here. I just want, like... Oh, I see. Like, Vinegar Syndrome or Arrow or Severin to just, like, send us something. They'd be like, review this. And we just get the exclusives to all of their Blu-ray releases. But we have to be their official reviewer. That'd be cool if we could do our podcast from the Criterion Closet. I say we no, just say fuck it, and we do our own, like, Vinegar Syndrome Criterion Collection bullshit. Except we do, like, actual good movies. Like if Ice you're like, Cubes, are we there yet? Yeah, if you're, if you're creaming over the Criterion Collection, like, but you don't own it, it's complicated on Blu-ray. What do you even do? Which I do. Which I do. <laughs> I'm just saying, these guys, you know, these collections, they're great, you know, they're going after the wrong movies, okay? When am I going to see uh, an Orange County, you know, Blu-ray released with the, the tell you special what. bonus director feature? You want Osage County Blu-ray? No, no. Orange County, dude. Jack Black. What's... Uh, Tom oh, Hanks' younger brother. Oh, I don't even know what that is. I picked a deep cut there. My bad. Dude, my movie watching habits have really like taken a turn recently. If we like, I've been could be the official film reviewer of SRS Home Video. That'd be fine. You know, they what release is SRS these Home Video shot on video horror movies on DVD. They don't even release Blu-rays. This is where it's at. This is the hyper niche market that we need to be a part of. What about the the Happy Madison official movie reviewers? Well, they well, we run. I would, you know what? I could live with that. I would do honestly. That. I know you would do. I I could live with it. I feel like that is right up our podcast alley. I would love if Adam Sandler became our fourth. I'm. I, I don't think this podcast could handle a fourth. So if Adam Sandler joined in, I would happily bow out. Chris, you're you're the glue, man. Huh? You're the glue. I'm the glue. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure but, I'm the glue. <clears throat> to be honest, though, Chris has kind of been looking for a way out for a while now. A, no, the person the who glue. always gets when it gets to the what we watched this week. I'm like, ah, I've got nothing. Yeah, but you're the relatable guy. Yeah, whatever. 
you're the relatable. Zach's the one, you know, you tune in and you're like, you know, I need a weird movie recommendation. I'm going to tune in and see what Zach's got to say. You know, I need to hear about the new Slumber Party Massacre 4. And then I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. But you're the glue man. Don't don't you sell yourself short. I guess we do need a fourth. Adam. <coughs> no, 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 of course not. I'm not saying that we need a fourth. I'm just saying if there were to be one, Adam Sandler would be a great addition. Adam Sandler, I understand that you have a lot on your plate. You know, you run your own business, you're making movies, you're wheeling and dealing. I get it. But if you can find a spare hour and a half in your week, I just ask, you give me a call. My phone number is. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I ain't stupid. Email us at filmandloathingpodcast at gmail.com. That's filmandloathingpodcast at gmail.com. And Adam, by the way, his telephone number is 207356. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Almost. He currently, actually, I don't even know your address, Chris. I couldn't even give that out to a stranger if I wanted to. Dude, I, I'm, I'm trying to make it. Three, four, one, seven. What? Sorry, what's that? Three? Let me get a pen here. Go ahead, Zach. Gosh. You guys are terrible. Uh, he lives next to Camden National Bank on Main Street in Orono. Do you live right next to the bank, or is it across the street from the bank? Where? I don't. There's no Camden National Bank within my vicinity. Well, there is a bank right there. Oh, I live next to a bank in Orno. Is that a good one? Isn't oh, no is, that the credit, is that the credit union? I actually the one that's no across the street the... from the fire station. I, I uh, just also pizza. know that if you're going to throw flaming uh, bags of dog shit at his house, that he lives on the second story, so make sure you aim for the windows. I live near Pat's Pizza. So I, I can, like, walk there and get past pizza whenever I want. That's what I used to do in college. Yeah. Chris, you guys, like... It's a good time, dude. You have a license, so you could drive to past pizza and get it whenever you want? You don't have to live next to it to get it whenever you want? Bro, then you can be fucking trashed and stoned out of your mind and just go walk and pick it up. Zach, don't be an idiot. Are you going to tell me I'm the only one that drives trashed in this group? I doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah chris being quiet about through all of this hmm? yeah he's got a problem i've got a problem it's probably says the only right guy now. not says the guy says the only guy not drinking <laughs> dude all i'm gonna say is this day started early for me <laughs> i'm just kidding chris have you ever done it have you ever tried acid Never. I am way too terrified to do that. Oh, wait, really? Oh, terrified? Gosh, yeah. Are you kidding me? My, with my imagination, you, I feel like I would die. What are you terrified of? Fuck, dude. What aren't I terrified of? Um, <laughs> sound like a little bitch. Just, dude, I am. Like, I, I'm, I will wholeheartedly admit that I'm a huge bitch. Not even a little bitch. Like, I'm a big bitch. Are you a thick like, bitch I'm scared of, tempo? Like, I'm scared so you're scared of, of like, seeing hmm? you're scared of seeing weird stuff tripping out um, <clears throat> bugging out oh yeah uh, I there have been 
I've, don't get me wrong. I've been high before and I've had a fantastic time. And I do. Whenever I do it, generally speaking, it's usually a great experience. But there's that like one out of every six times I do it where I'm just like, <sighs> like deep breathing. And like, I got, I, there was this one time. I took Can you do that one more time for the listeners at home? <sighs> I feel like this is going to be one of those sound bits that like <laughs> people jerk be. their dick to. Um, anyways. I took an edible once, and I decided to... I took two edibles. Actually, should have taken one. Jeez. But I... I know, dude. Fucking nuts over here. <laughs> I sat down, and we, like, started to play Monopoly, and Family Guy was Yeah, no on. wonder you were like... <gasps> <laughs> well, like, we were watching Family Guy, and I'm sitting in this chair just watching it, and eventually it starts to, like, hit me, because it, you know, it takes a while. And I, and I zone out, and I start concentrating on Family Guy. And they're like, Chris, it's your turn. Dude, Chris, it's your turn. Chris, it's your turn. And they're like, we've been trying to talk to you to get you to play for five minutes now. And then my friend Jake was just like, oh, he's at that high where like he's trying to <laughs> so concentrate on the Family Guy so he cannot concentrate on how high he actually is. <laughs> And I was like, yep, that's exactly where I am. So then I walked off and I threw up in the toilet and then I came back and felt better. Wow, that's pretty high. He threw mm. up. Yeah. <laughs> I had a big bowl of uh, Captain Crunch cereal before that because that is the ideal high food. Oh, uh, no, I can't. Have a SpaghettiOs? Big bowl no. of shut the no. fuck up. <laughs> No. <laughs> Yo, Chris, when I was when I was sick last week, I I had like three bowls of spaghettios. That's disgusting. That's oh, disgusting. That's a lot of spaghettios. I feel like that's instant diarrhea. Oh no. Do you mean in a row or over the length of you being sick? <laughs> I just took one giant mixing bowl and poured three cans of spaghettios <laughs> and heated it up. It reminds me of uh, Trailer Park Boys, where he's just like, nobody wants to admit they've had nine cans of raviolis. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I gotta rewatch that. Oh my fucking gosh. But here's the answer to the question, Zach. Was it three cans in a row? <laughs> it was three cans over the span of two days. Oh, okay. Oh, that's still a lot. I ate it for... Two of them were at breakfast. I ate it That's for dinner cat. one night, a late breakfast, early lunch the next day, <laughs> and then dinner that same day. Nothing quite like Gross. a 10 a.m. can of fucking SpaghettiOs. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like a nice SpaghettiO brunch. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine, like, going to an official brunch place and be like, hi, we'll have two mimosas. Sit down, one person's like, I'll have eggs Benedict with a side of French toast. And then somebody's like, bowl of SpaghettiOs now. <laughs> so, oh with the first bowl of SpaghettiOs that I had, I tried to enjoy a nice, crisp, clean Budweiser. Thought that that might be what I needed to take care of the sickness. I'm sure. It did not go down very well. <laughs> No. I'm here to up? tell you. Budweiser and this, videos, but the second, but the second great, one was a little better. Great combination. Not when you're sick. And I, and I gotta say, people who say better out the front door than the back are absolute liars. <laughs> oh, definitely out the back. I'd rather have everything go out the back. 
Oh, I'd rather puke. Are you kidding me? Puking over diarrhea? No way. Diarrhea is easy. It's clean. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from you, I do not believe that. You guys right here a funny story? Uh, yeah. Sure. Uh, so Noah was here over the weekend, and who was who was here? Noah. Uh, okay. Wait, hold on. Are you sure you want to have this out in the out in the world? The story before you continue. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so he like Saturday, he just like ate nothing but sugar because I mean, he's seven. You know that's what seven year olds do. It's like yeah, just seven year olds. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, like. Oh, it makes, like, his stomach upset. And, like, so he has diarrhea. And we're, like, sitting in, like, this middle of a Nerf gun fight. And he's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm, like, do it up, dude. So he goes. And then he's in there for, like, a long time. So, like, Arm goes and, like, knocks on the door. She's like, how you doing in there? Fine. You, like, you pooping? I have diarrhea. <laughs> like, oh, like, are you okay? And he goes, what do you think? I just told you I had diarrhea. <laughs> he was like, well, like, I'm out here if you need me. And I'm, I'm just, like, I feel bad for this kid, but I'm fucking dying. And he's like... She's like, I'm out here if you need me. And he's like, I just wanted to stop. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, he's getting like genuinely upset. And he's like, why won't it just stop? This kid cracks me up. I knew Ugh. Chris would enjoy a good diarrhea story. <laughs> Why won't it just stop? <laughs> I've, I've been this there, kid, though, man. Noah. I gotta say, I've been there, buddy. It's relatable. <laughs> oh, gosh. Did Whew. I ever tell you about my uh, Disney World diarrhea? God, I think yeah, def- that definitely sounds familiar, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting experience. Oh gosh, that's freaking hilarious. <sighs> Speaking of diarrhea, that's a pretty good transition to Nomadland. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Nomadland. It's written and directed by Chloe. Do you guys know how to pronounce her last name? Jiao. Is that how you say it? Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh. Oh, excuse me. Stars Frances McDormand. And the plot synopsis is a woman in her 60s who, after losing everything in the Great Recession, embarks on a journey through the American West living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. What did you guys think of Nomadland? Chris, you want to take this one? 
Um, I think uh, Jake kind of summed it up pretty well. It was a steaming pile of dog shit. I'm just kidding. That's not what I was referring to at all. No. Um, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it had good music in it. I really like the music choices. I hated all the harsh cuts. That got so old for me for some reason. I generally like these kind of movies where you kind of have the the subtle personal kind of... Um, I don't want to say discovery, but like in a way it is kind of discovery. But like it's not... There's no blatant plot to it, and you're just kind of going along with these person as they do these just regular old things. But it's normal in their world, so it's not really like it's being made that big of a deal. And I kind of like those stories, but it just... There was different things throughout the movie that kind of got old for me. But I thought Francis McDermott did a... Francis... Francis? McDermott. Am I right? Yeah. Close enough, yeah. Cool. I thought she did a pretty decent job. Um... I liked the supporting cast around her, the supporting actors around her, um, and I thought the scenes that the the scenery that they chose to to set this in was absolutely gorgeous and perfect for the story that they were trying to tell. There we go. I will. I'll agree with most of what Chris says. I think from a direction, cinematography, performance. Like perspective, the movie is nearly flawless. I guess. I guess I was kind of waiting for the movie to get to go somewhere, like to kind of drive home a a main point, and it, it doesn't really get there for me. I I liked it a lot. I have proclaimed many times on this show that I can't wait to live in the van. But I just, it, I don't know, I never, I don't, it, it seemed like she had gotten to a point in her life where she kind of lost everything, and this just kind of seemed like, I don't, I don't know, like it didn't seem like it's, I don't know how to explain it, like, I just kind of was hoping for more story-wise or for like personal growth-wise from Francis McDormand or like mm -hmm. just some <clears throat> some kind of revelation it doesn't even have to be a big one but just like something that was like pushing this character forward and I just I never felt like the movie really gets there like a, a some kind of emotional climax I never felt like it really got there hmm I don't know. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, maybe it's just because I was completely expecting it to be a slow burn. Have, have you guys seen The Rider? Yes. Or the other movie that she's done? Okay. So she definitely has a thing for working with uh, non-actors and just telling very personal stories that are, you know, sort of their drama is based off like real life drama. Uh, you know, things that people you know, are actually like struggling with day-to-day -day, you know not something that's drummed up for a fictional story um but i i kind of like the slow burn of it i liked spending a lot of the time with the characters like i thought for not actors i thought everybody was great and i guess it seemed pretty 
um, I guess relevant maybe is the right word for it. Just a, a movie about the those that society has kind of forgotten. You know, especially like you start to think about like COVID and who's been hit the most and, you know, the debate about essential workers and whatnot. Like, you know, I, what I really liked about this was like seeing her doing these jobs that um, I was telling Rachel, like I never really even thought about that this like, type of job existed out in the world. But like obviously it has to for things to function. So just sort of like following these people that are on the outskirts of things. Um, I don't know why it worked for me so well. I just really, really well, I enjoyed it. I loved the... That would be a big criticism that I have is that I never... I don't feel as though she is like on the outskirts. Like she goes to these places in which these people preach about like, <laughs> you know, you, you work your entire life and then, you know, you're dead two months after you retire. Like your entire life is taken from you so that you can have a job, that you can try to acquire these things because that's what you're fed and told that's what you should have. And to an extent, Frances McDormand's character is kind of going against that. You know, she, there's that scene where she talks to the realtor at her sister's house. And, like, so there, there is that. But she... I, I don't know. I always kind of, like, think of living in a van as a way to escape the rat race in general not just like make it more convenient for you to be in the rat race because she basically just uses basically the movie is just her going around from job to job so she never really escapes the tyranny of the dollar as whatever that guy's name is that he says like she's she's constantly still wrapped up in it she's just doing it in a semi-different way well, see, what I thought was good is that because she kind of she's kind of the tie between both worlds, right? Like I never, I saw her more of her doing this out of a pride thing, not necessarily that she wanted to do it. I kind of got the sense that she would prefer to be, you know, like just in her normal day to day life at home with her husband, like working their job, you know, living life. I think I got the sense that she'd rather be doing that. I think the van thing was more just out of her being stubborn and not really wanting to ask for help. Um, and then, but so through that, through those circumstances, you get to meet the people who are actually, you know, committed to that lifestyle and you kind of see their perspective. And I think there's a little bit where she kind of starts to see, uh, you know, maybe that there is, uh, you know, there's something, there's something about just enjoying Enjoying the moment, enjoying enjoying what's been in front of you, and not worrying about these things. There is a moment towards the end that really worked for me. I would say I liked all the non-actor stuff, and I think some of that those stories are a bit more compelling than Frances McDormand's, like the one who, you know, she's refusing to go through chemo for a second time. And so she's just, you know what, I'm packing up, and however far I make it, I make it. Like, I'm I'm not doing that again. Like, I found that to be far more interesting than, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's unfair criticism, but. I mean, that's real shit. Like, you know, as much as Francis McDermott's, that stuff, like, actually happens, so. As much as Francis McDermott's story, like, is real, 
at the same time, you, you kind of are following along with that as a story, but when these people are telling their stories uh, separate from her, you find I find that to be a lot more compelling just because these are non-actor people just telling something that they genuinely are going through. Right? Were those real stories? Like, actually, what was going on? I, don't. I read that they played fic. I played. I read that they play fictionalized versions of themselves. So okay. I'm sure there's some truth. Some okay. Uh, you know, fictional. Or like when they're they're sitting in the van, and that girl's talking about how like she's you know in her fifties and loses her job, and she goes home, and she turns this. She wants to turn the stove on, and drink until she passes out, hoping that will kill her. But if it doesn't kill her, then she's going to wake up and light a cigarette and blow them the whole place up like or like that that needing to be your reason to escape the life that you're in i just found those side characters to be a bit more compelling than the journey that francis mcdormand was taking i mean those stories are, actually, are a lot more extreme than francis mcdormand stories too well not really oh, totally but i think it, that's like, the her entire town basically like loses their jobs and her husband dies yeah, but losing, like, people around you and losing, you know, your home is different than losing your own life. And both of the stories that are told in that regard are both about losing your own life. Well, in, I think it's in, more in about the circumstances. I think it's more about the circumstances that brought them to the points that they're at and not about the points that they're at themselves. Yeah, but, you, but the point that they're at is what I'm saying is the most extreme. Like, there's not much that one can say is as hard as losing your own life. Like, that's something that people actively avoid on a daily basis. As much as they try and avoid losing their home and other people losing their lives, losing your own life means that there is no way for you to experience the either of the other two. So. But, I mean, I think the film is taking the point of view that to most people losing the career you've had for your entire life is synonymous with losing your life because you are that is what you've given your all of your time to is this job I, and you're saying at the end of the day it could just be taken from you or you could just be done with it and then what do you do mm. and this movie is about that period in which in that what do you do period and I just I don't know I would have liked to have seen Maybe not have seen, but maybe, like, learned more about this town and, like, maybe a little bit more of her backstory. I feel like that probably would have shed some more light on, like, her current situation. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like that you kind of get inferences and then through everybody else's story, you can kind of piece together that... Well, you know, all these other things happen to these other people, so she's probably not that far off from what's happened to everybody else. Like, I guess I didn't need it to be nailed over the head for me. I guess it also kind of feels more, I think it kind of feels more real to me. The idea that, you know, when you cross a person on the street, you really only kind of get a bare level surface of what their struggles are. You never really get to the root of it. <clears throat> kind of how I felt about all these people like there's really only a very like only like in certain moments like do you ever really learn um a lot of deep stuff about people 
and then it kind of it kind of comes at a point when we've spent some time with those characters just as Frances McDormand has and we've gotten to learn who they are and it's almost like in a way they're opening up to us as well as her so I was a big fan I cried twice during it I think the one thing that works really well is the one thing that they should have explored more, which was her relationship with this guy. Mm. Dave? Yeah, that's yeah, that's his name. Like, it, like yeah, uh, the way they do it is fine. Like, I liked it, but it just seemed like like that could have been the movie, right? Like, yeah, and that just seems so cliche. Like, what that could be about, like. You lose nothing, and then you find it all in love. No, no, no. Like I don't know if it Keep works. Keep it the that way, way that it is. Like, but the movie just more is more focused on that. I really don't give a shit where Frances McDormand works, or if she goes to the Amazon factory. Like, I truly do not care. But like, this is an interesting idea. Like, you've committed to this life, this style of life, and now you have this opportunity to go back to a life in which you felt comfortable, but there was something missing. Do you go back to it now that you have that opportunity? Hmm. Hmm. And kind of see that side of it, but I also kind of like that you didn't get that, and it was more, like I said, like putting a camera on the things that a lot of us never think about, like her, like shoveling potatoes and stuff. I will um, say, I w- I wish there was more of like her having to like think on her feet, like. Oh, my van breaks down. Like I need to do something quickly to fix this because it's going to be really cold tonight. Like I was, I was hoping for some more of MacGyver type stuff. Mm. I'm glad there was. The only thing I wish, the only thing I changed about the movie is after you see Frances McDormand have diarrhea, and then you go to the, she goes to the other woman, and that <laughs> woman's about to puke. I wish we could have saw her puke. Like, just give me the nitty-gritty of this life. Like, you're shitting everywhere. You're puking everywhere. Your van smells like puke. Like, that's give life, me, man. Show us the diarrhea. That's life, man. What the fuck? Give us the diarrhea, Francis McDermott. Yeah. Let's get out of the nitty-gritty. I wish that that woman had come to, like, knock on her van. And Francis McDermott just goes, When's it gonna stop? <laughs> I did kind of like the um, uh, the 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 <coughs> scene sort of uh, involving her sister. I kind of like to see that the sister didn't resent Frances McDormand for what she was doing, about and that how she like missed out on having a sister. Because the Francis McDormand always wanted to be out and about, in the, out in the world, like exploring the next thing. I thought that was a nice, but, touching moment. I didn't quite like. So, you're this Francis McDormand. She's working all the time. She lives in a van. She seemingly has no bills whatsoever. How do you not have twenty three hundred dollars to fix your van? What are you spending it all on? Food. How do you know she didn't go bankrupt like paying for her husband's stuff? Maybe she did, but what? What? What do you need? What are you paying for? Strippers did not, and didn't cocaine. she also? 
didn't she also say that, like, because she wasn't really working at the Amazon factory, they hadn't been for a while? What we see here do nothing basically but work. Yeah, she, like, works at the, that lot place, and then she works at um, that, like, restaurant. Maybe they're making shit money doing it. But even still, if you have nothing to spend that money on, even if you were making minimum wage, I think you'd have some, know, some, some sort of nest egg. I don't know. I think a lot of time in the movie also passes, and so it's hard to gauge how much time has passed in between certain things. Well, if that's the case, you got to make that more clear, Chloe Zhao. They ain't gonna fly in some fucking Marvel movie, bud. You gotta make that time more clearly. I'd be interested to know how much time passed during that movie. I'm gonna say it was at least a year. A year. <clears throat> Cause you see one New Year's Eve to the next, so there's at least a year right there. Also, I was pissed at her from the beginning when she didn't take that dog. You should leave that dog. You're fucked. I mean, she's about to go live in a van. It's not her dog. She yeah, already she lived in a van. It. Yeah, were you going to carry Those a people? dog with you in a van? Like, yeah, you, you're going to tell me it doesn't get lonely? Think. That's not her dog, dude. There are people that can take care of that dog besides her. The people you gotta, who gave it up, they got to think. You got a pet. You got a responsibility. <laughs> First of all, Francis McDormand finds the dogs and walks it all the way to the front. If you really don't give a shit about this dog, just let it run free. Why are you gonna walk it all the way to the front and tell well, someone about it just to about abandon the dog, it? But she also cared about her own individual time, Zach. Yeah, dude, she's a piece well, she of shit. She didn't know where the dog came from. You heard it here Anything, first. You should be pissed at the people who you should be pissed at that guy for having a stroke. I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy for having a stroke. What do you think you're doing living out in a van when you can have a fucking stroke and die, you old-ass bastard? Get in the fucking house, Grandpa. <laughs> you ain't cut out for this life. <laughs> Go back to your apartment, living. I want to know how these other people knew that that old lady died when they were throwing the rocks into the fire. Like, they're all scattered, like, nine miles to the wind. I think it was assumed that she was going out there to die. Maybe they the fact that she yeah. left. Maybe they just but like, like they you know, know. A little bit of like, well, she told us she only had eight months to live. That was eight months ago. I guess we can kind of assume by so, now that. That would have been hilarious if she just rode up and was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And they're like, <laughs> you're like, bitch, we thought you died. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I really like the scene of her walking through the old town that she used to live in, and everything is just kind of gone. Yeah. That walk toward the mountains. I really enjoyed the score quite a bit. The score was good. I actually downloaded the score on Spotify as soon as it was done. Nice. Yeah, no, it's a great score. I thought one of my I thought one of the best pieces like all around that really worked was when. Swanky, great name. She was uh, talking about like you know her her terminal illness and all. She starts listing off a lot of the stuff that she had done in her life and 
has she has she felt she had lived a, a fulfilled life so she was okay with dying and you get that really slow violin build I thought all around that scene worked really well I thought I could have used more uh, Chad Kroger hits like in Spider-Man <laughs> these van people they get pissed at each other like when Dave's trying to help her carry her shit off and then he drops it and breaks the plates and she's just like, just go stand over there. Or when, you know, she goes and knocks on uh, Schwanky's door. And then Schwanky's like, do you not see the flag? That means I don't want to be disturbed. She was like, pooping. She's also just like totally unprepared. Like she got a flat tire and just like didn't even know what to do. Like you're not even prepared for this life, Francis McDormand. Well, so I was kind of saying, like, I don't think this was a life that she exactly wanted to live. It just kind of became kind of just that's how things were. And then she was so stubborn that she didn't want to accept help from anyone. I don't know. By the time this movie starts, her van's all decked out. It's ready to go. I, she seems committed. Well, she's making the commitment. But I, again, it's not because I think she just has a dream like you Zach to live in a van I think it was because she's so stubborn doesn't want to ask for help and can't afford to live anywhere else so you know what this is the next best thing maybe that's what I'm bitter about you didn't even want to live in a van and you're going to disrespect it like that I want to live in a van you're going to fucking do this shit right see I, I do believe you would be prepared I know how to change a tire I'm not a moron yeah you want to do that you want that life. You want people to knock on your door while you're having diarrhea after you get done playing the clarinet. Dude, I you tell you what. You want Dave to come along and smash all your dishes. You know, you I want tell, to be tell you the what, bathroom Chris. and then have somebody bust in the door and you tell them not to come into the bathroom, but they start to go pee anyways. If I, if I was, when I live in the van, A, I ain't wasting no space on no dork-ass clarinet. And I also... <laughs> I'm not going to have plates that are breakable. What a loser. Freaking idiot, you're, you're, you're driving on the highway, you hit a bump, and that plate falls down, you, you break it? Why don't you have plastic plates? You get plastic, you wouldn't go with paper? I wouldn't get paper, that's bad for the planet. I'd get plastic. Yeah, but plastic you have to wash, and then you're using up sure. your water supply. If you have paper, wash you it, but you could reuse it over and over again, and it's not going to break. Also, get leftover ketchup from last night. French fries for breakfast. Use up that ketchup. I also think, Chris, that I probably wouldn't even need a plate. I could buy seven cans of SpaghettiOs and be set for the week. <laughs> you can eat them right out eat of the Eat it up can. with your little, like, cigarette lighter in your car. Just kind of push it in, let it pop out, and put it underneath your can. You're good to go. No, I just eat it cold. You're living life on the fucking road, bud. Heat is a luxury. Spaghettios and Bud Light. What better cure to sickness? <laughs> First of all, I'm not drinking Bud Light. I'm not poor. It was Budweiser. Oh, Budweiser, my bad. You realize they're part of the same company, right? Yes. Okay. That's true. There should have been some more Bud Light drinking in the movie. Should have been more yeah, PBRs. Yeah, should drink a Light at one point. Like, come on. What happened at one point? Sorry. She drank a Coors Light. Oh, that's right. She did. That's right. Why is there no PBR around these campfires? 
I have a hard time believing that people who are driving across country and work very few hours within a year are able to afford Coors Light. Coors Light's That's too high class. <laughs> they need. The, they, they get. I'm pretty sure they're drinking like fucking Rolling Rock or Natural Light. Something. Dude, I, th- I think Coors Light is cheaper than Rolling Rock. I have These people need to be drinking that. Dr. McGillicuddy's nips. They can't even afford 30 racks. 25-cent fireball nips from the gas station. You can buy a five-pack for $5. Yeah, I guess that was my biggest problem with the movie. They just, they just weren't poor enough. <laughs> True. I kind of, like, I didn't think about it, but Zach's point to, like, where was all of her money going? I get that. <laughs> I told you. It's not like she's buying filet mignon and lobster and eating that on the road every like if night. You're, she's if you're eating working like full cans time. of Campbell's soup. And first off, where did she find that tall boy can of Campbell's soup? That's a good one. I won. <laughs> That's so friggin' bad. It was a tall boy can of chicken noodle, dude. <laughs> All right. So the average. Wow. Okay. The typical Amazon warehouse worker makes fifteen dollars an hour, right? Okay, but first of all, this movie's in two thousand eleven. Right. So what? We'll use today's numbers, because things would have been cheaper in two thousand eleven, anyways. They would have been cheaper, anyways. (laughs) Thanks, Obama. And so, all right. There was also a lot of part where she was jumping from job to job and didn't really have a steady income. But let's say 15 bucks an hour, she's making 1000 yeah. bucks every two weeks after she's taxes. She's not making $15 an hour. She's making 1000 bucks every two weeks after taxes. What are you doing with all this money? She has to pay for gas. She has to pay for, I assume, car insurance. Okay, so there's $200. Okay. Definitely a lot of just definitely probably a ton of gas. Well, if you're working at the Amazon factory, I don't see why you're driving that far. Just park I at know, the Amazon. Keep them more. And the Amazon factory had fucking housing. Stuff. Like, okay, uh, that's what I'm saying. But she had to, but she had to pay for that housing. No, she didn't. It was provided to her. No, it wasn't. She had to pay a certain amount out of her paycheck. No, it was As, yes, it was because, at a certain rate. No, because after when she was getting ready to leave, she asked how much it would be to stay. And she said, well, now you'd have to pay X and X amount because you're not covered under the Amazon. Right, I just assumed that was that she had to pay some, but not. And first off, she wasn't working all shit jobs. She was working on a construction site for a minute, and I guarantee she wasn't getting paid housing there. She was living in her van in the parking lot until she was told she needed to leave. I'm just saying... There's no part of me that believes she should not have $2,300. I don't know, man. I, I don't think she would have it. I think maybe all she's, those maybe she's gotta borrow. gone in on that RV. I'll give her a benefit of the doubt. Maybe she needs to borrow like 200 bucks from your sister. But not 2300 <laughs> I don't know, man. Unless her sister gave her 200 bucks in ones, she borrowed the full amount. That was a thick stack of cash. I I think it's perfectly reasonable. I'd, 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 uh, I think she needed that money, Zach. I just okay. think there's a lot of angles to this that went unexplored. Show us just one scene. One scene of her walking to a casino and all these problems go away. 
Now I can believe it. Alright, you got a problem. That's fine. That's what you do with all your One money. montage of her playing craps, 21, and hitting the big time on a slot machine. And I accept all of this information. Just one scene of her putting down a six-way parlay on the Celtics. And this all goes away. <laughs> she wants Garnett points, rebounds, <laughs> tip-off. <laughs> Do we know for certain that she needed the full 2300 Maybe she only needed like a thousand bucks, Zach. We don't know. I'm still saying that if you don't have at least two grand of all that you work and you spend nothing, uh, you still have poor money management skills. Do you have $2,000 set aside? And this is coming from someone with poor money management skills. <laughs> Do you have $2,000 set aside? Dude, no, he just but I also have a steady job. No. He, okay, he you're saying she a really... has a steady job and should have it. Yeah, I don't live in a van. Yet. <laughs> Yet. If your skills stay the exact same, you are in the exact same boat as Francis McDermott in Nomadland. I can assure you, Francis McDormand does not have student loan payments. How do you know? No, or a Nosferatu doll. Yeah, she definitely doesn't have a Nosferatu action figure. I like how you corrected you. <laughs> I don't have a doll. Yeah, Chris, it's not a doll. Jeez. Yeah, he says... I, I assure you, Francis McDormand does not own over 500 Blu-rays. It's true. So what are you saying? Instead, she has co collectible plates that her dad got at uh, yard sales when she was a kid. What and a, a freaking clarinet. You're so concerned about those fucking yard sale plates? God. Clarinets aren't cheap. Could have sold. Yeah, that she, she probably could have sold that for a while. For a yeah, long. what? This, this, this is the, these are the things. These are the types of challenges that I would expect to come up while you're living on the road that I would have liked to have seen her like try to solve. Instead of just going to her sister and getting money, I would have liked to have seen her try to do something to get the money on her own. Like she, like unless she tries to hustle her cooch. But doesn't necessarily have to do that. I got to say, when you're living in a van, you have to take into consideration that you don't have a cooch to hustle. I'm just saying, like, this movie is a not-so-great version of American Honey, right? American Honey is a fantastic movie. This one's just pretty good. Deals with a lot of the same things. <laughs> this movie doesn't even have Shia LaBeouf, so I mean, there's that I'm working against it. Honey. I'm out. <laughs> you know, Chris. At least those kids have a have a goal. They stand for something. They're trying to sell yeah, magazine subscriptions. Yeah, I wouldn't say selling magazine subscriptions is a goal. That's just a means. Chris, it's also a scam. Money. They don't get magazine subscriptions. They just keep the money. And here I thought they actually gave the magazine subscriptions. You just made me There is something Francis McDormand could have done to try and get $2,300. Start scamming people. Hustle them on the side. Selling mag like selling her cooch? If that's what you have to do. <laughs> <clears throat> she might. She might get there. I'm sorry. I don't think Francis McDermott's price is gonna warrant twenty three hundred dollars. Like, I don't think 
Anybody's yeah, cr okay, much. Chris, obviously it's about volume at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know, like, how many transactions with that. Look, Francis McDermott is obviously past the part in her life where she's getting 200 bucks a pop. It's about volume. Get him in, get him out. Get your $2,300, be on your way. Boom, Chris, idiot. <coughs> what was I thinking? <sighs> um, what you guys got anything, any last-minute things to say about uh, Nomadland before I wrap it up here? I just feel bad for the person who like clicks on this episode to listen to our show for the first time. Like, oh man, I can't wait for an intelligent discussion about Nomadland. <laughs> this is where we get to. Before anybody listens to us, I'm sure they're scrolling through and it's like, oh, I wonder what else these guys are talking about. And they're like, who are we Halloween, huh? Eh, I think maybe it's I don't more care what just they like, have to say about Nomadland. I bet it's more of like, how do you get from Possessor to who be Halloween to friggin' Under the Silver Lake to hey, that's <laughs> the my number Mummy franchise? <laughs> Under the Silver Lake? Yeah. Is your number one movie of all time, Zach? Yeah. Number two, hold yeah. the dart. Number one. We shall see. Here's a, here's the real question: Does Nomadland count as a 2021 release? No. 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 What's the point of watching it? I know. I wish I. I definitely wish I had seen this before my before we'd done our list, because it definitely would have been in my top ten. It might have slid in at the ten spot. That's that's being generous. I might have to re-update my list, do like an, an a revised two months later. It's a sad, sad world. That's not true. I, I still gotta watch Minari, so that's a twenty twenty one release as far as I'm concerned. Is it? Didn't hit digital cinemas until January. That's 2021. That's a 2020 okay. film festival movie, a 2021 release. Alright, if you say so. I'll, I'll buy it. Chris, what are you going to give Nomadland a five stars? I'm going to give it a four. Point I'm five. also going four. I'm going five. Take it. Shocker. And yeah, dude, I cried twice during the movie. I mean, that's got it. That says something about the movie. It was so bad that you cried twice. It was so beautiful. I cried twice. All right. Well, uh, let's move on here, Zach. This has got to get you excited. Justice League. Announced this week, four-hour runtime. Can't wait. That's ridiculous. It's gonna be a great four hours. Reviewing that? I would, yeah, I would definitely review it. Oh wow! When's it come out? One second, Chris. I've got soon. it to my planner here. Comes out very soon. Basically, we're 18th. gonna get to do our two top 100 episodes, and then it will be time to do Justice League. I thought we were recording our top Close. 100 episodes all in one go. I thought we no. decided not to do that. I thought we decided to do it. No. Looks like there's been oh, miscommunication wow. all over the place. 
No, it's just Chris not listening. That's probably a fair assessment. Justice League comes out the 18th. And Kong versus Godzilla two weeks after that. Which is what I'm excited for. <laughs> Did you see, Chris, they said that there's going to be a definitive winner between Kong and Godzilla? I freaking hope so, dude. Are you kidding me? Because, I, I, like, that was my... Oh, man. Didn't they do that in Batman versus Superman? Where, like, they both got in there, they fought, and then all of a sudden they had to, like, work together to fight somebody else in the end? Yeah. Like, like come, that was maybe bull. It, that was bull. Maybe, I'm like, Kong, I'm just... maybe in Kong versus Godzilla... They'll uh, they'll be fighting, and then all of a sudden, some will, you know, Kong will say his mother's name, and Godzilla will be like, "Why did you say that name?" <laughs> hmm. All I'm saying is that Kong's got to win, buddy. I can he's see the good it, guy. Especially in this if movie. he's got, especially if he's got that big axe. Mm-hmm. Dude, Kong is just so badass. Like, if I had to pick one to be like. Uh, if I gotta be like realistic, I'm his bitch. So if I have to be the bitch of Kong or Godzilla, I am Kong's bitch. Which one would you prefer to have as a pet? Oh shit, that's a good question. Kong. King Kong. I don't know. Kong can go on land and he can swing from shit, but Godzilla can swim, and I'd love to have like a Godzilla jet ski. Yeah. What do you think about like the? The pet factor, the, the pet X factor, you know, their loyalty to you. Godzilla I mean, like, God, Godzilla has, like, a... Godzilla has, like, a fucking X-ray cannon coming out of his mouth. You're going about this all wrong. I mean, how should I be going about this? Which of these monsters do you want to have sleeping at the foot of your bed? I think Godzilla... I no, I mean, I don't want to, like... Oh, man. I guess if, like, I needed to snuggle up against one of these animals, I'm picking Kong because <laughs> he's fuzzy and he's warm. You know? That's right. I'm not getting that out of Godzilla. Godzilla's tough and he's, like... Hey, Godzilla could warm you up with his nuclear breath. Yeah, but then I've got, like, cancer. <laughs> well, well... Boom! Like, like instantaneously. Do you want to be cold or do you want cancer? Pick one. Yeah. <laughs> Or I could just pick Kong Killer, King Kong, and avoid both. That's right. That's the answer. I'll go. I'll go Kong. I think he's more easily trainable. I wouldn't say so. I would say Godzilla's more easily trainable. I feel like King Kong. He's just like he'll go along with you as long as it's with his plan. But otherwise, you're not getting him to do a well, thing you want. I would just always make sure it's part of his plan. There you go. Boom. Because he is a. He is an ape. By you gotta, definition, like, we are more evolved than he is. He just has brute strength and size on his side. Like, think about feeding these things, though. Like, I'm what not. do you even feed Godzilla? Like, feeding. Oh, you're on your own. I'm just yeah, saying. King Kong is capable Kong. of feeding himself. He eats squid tentacles. Eat squid tentacles, and you toss him like a, a a thing of bananas, and he's good to go. But like, there's no giant bugs anywhere that Godzilla can just out, you know. Yeah, he he probably eat some shark and what out in the water. You think so? Yeah. You think he can just feed himself? No, it's your job as his owner to feed these things. That's what I, Godzilla's to. I think it's to uh, 
Uh, it's too independent. I think it would feed itself. Kong might become a little, a little lazy. Maybe need stuff fed to him. Just toss him a cow. Buy a couple cows here and there, and just let him eat. Maybe for Lizilla. I have to go King Kong. But, like, Godzilla can go in the water. That's so sick. Like, like he can swim so fast. You really mm, have to go King Kong. I gotta go King Kong. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad we settled that. Um, do you guys watch anything, uh, anything interesting this week? Anything you want to talk about? Oh. Chris, I know you probably didn't. I watched one thing. I'm just trying to remember it. You don't remember what it was? I'm trying to think about what it was. Maybe if I do my celebratory pee, then I'll uh, I'll remember. I'll be back in a second. Zach, what do you got? <laughs> well, I can say... That I watched a uh, top 100 hopeful. <laughs> Still not quite sure if it's going to be in there or not. This would be the 1988 film from Roger Donaldson entitled Cocktail, starring Tom Cruise. Interesting. I like Cocktail. I didn't realize you were a big Cocktail fan. I love Cocktail. What's not to love? It... Is a movie that truly shines on uh, Tom Cruise's charisma. I like him in the movie, his partner there. It's pretty good. The problem, I would say, is that there's just way too many twists and turns in this movie. There's not one solid through line. It's like, oh, I'm Tom Cruise. I'm real hot. And then it's <laughs> meets a bartender. Bartender shows him all of his tricks. They work together. They make a lot of money. They work at this other place. They make a lot of money. There's a fight. They break up. He moves to the Bahamas. He meets a girl. Like, the, the plot's all over the place. <laughs> it's not hard to follow. I've never, I've never seen Cocktail. Do you want to guess what the Rotten Tomato score for Cocktail is? Forty-seven, nineteen eighty-eight. Mm, Eighty-nine. Close. It has a twelve. What? <laughs> Get out! I was close with the forty-seven guess. What the hell? It's yeah. It's a it's a twelve. It's that bad, huh? Apparently, I don't think so. There are. Just on IMDb, there are six z- reviews that give it a score of zero out of a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Even on IMDb, it's a 5.9. I mean, I don't think it's that bad. Huh. Interesting. It's, it's definitely... Like, very 80s, but 
I don't know. I th I thought it was a great time. I I truly enjoyed it. Hmm. That is a surprisingly low score, especially for Tom Cruise. I mean, the man can do no wrong. You thought people would just eat it up just because? I would think, yeah. <laughs> if you weren't moving your eyeballs so much, Chris, you might convince us that you're frozen. You're still moving your eyeballs and blinking. Hey guys, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I can briefly mention that I watched uh, season two of The Mandalorian. Ugh. Um, literally banged this out in two days. Real quick, real easy. That's what she said. Um, Chris, have you seen The Mandalorian? I know Zach hasn't. Have you? No, I'm not a big Star Wars guy. Oh, you're just not interested? No, not really. I don't um, care about Baby Yoda. I I like the second season quite a bit. Uh, it was pretty fast-paced. Um, a lot of cool characters being introduced, which seems more for like their spin-offs than it and whatnot. Um, yeah, I, I, had, I think I had some of it. Some of it was spoiled for me for sure. Um, some some things came up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I definitely recognize that's from somewhere." Um, but all also kind of fun. It's kind of starting to feel like a video game story in the. Since that, in order for the Mandalorian to continue his story, he always has to help somebody else out in some way before his little bit can be delivered. So he's always going on these random side quests to do things and help people out. Um, but there's some pretty cool cinematic moments, like a dual a dual lightsaber fight, kind of in the vein of like a Kill Bill, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. <sighs> Interesting twist, so yeah, it's, it's all the episodes are like I don't know, thirty minutes a piece, so it's pretty easy to breeze through. Just kind of something to throw on, you know. Mandalorian. I know. I know. Did your pee break help you remember, Chris? It didn't. Mm. I tried. I want you to guys know I really tried. Well, Chris, maybe you'll have something to say about this next movie that I watched seems how it is one of your favorites mm -hmm. this would be the uh, 2001 film from directed by convicted child rapist Victor Salva I watched Jeepers Creepers oh, my oh yes gosh. the non-TNT version Chris yeah then I don't like it <laughs> <laughs> um so I I remember watching Jeepers Creepers a lot as a kid. It was one of those horror movies that I just had infinite access to because mom owned it on DVD. So I could watch it whenever I wanted. I remember liking it but not loving it. I don't, maybe I was just in a good mood this time around. You know, I had, I had a nice Angelo's pizza in front of me and very delicious ginger ale. <laughs> I was just loving Jeepers Creepers. But there's Je this weird thing that happens on the internet where you look up Jeepers Creepers and people just want to talk about Victor Salva. Which I, I get it, you know. 
Weird, man. It's weird that people would be about a child rapist. Well, but like, he had been out of jail for almost ten years by the time this movie is even made. I guess so. Which, like, is just crazy to me in general that, like, this movie was made after him going to jail as a pedophile. Like, comes out and still is able to bounce back his career. Something you would think would be, you know, a real Debbie Downer for one's Hollywood career. Not possible today. Definitely would not be possible. Would you... What would you say if I were to tell you that the IMDb score for Jeepers Creepers is higher than um, um, Cocktail? <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised. Jeepers Creepers is a 6.2, where Cocktail is a 5.9. I will say that in terms of Zach's star ratings, uh, they are the same. <laughs> Both got a solid four stars. That is pretty solid. No. I mean, I do think The Legend of Jeepers Creepers is pretty good. I thought the cost, the Jeepers Creepers costuming, except except for his hair, which I don't really get, is was pretty good. Uh, I mean, the whole, like, Sistine Chapel of dead bodies in the basement of the church. Some great stuff there. It's a really is there a Jeepers, solid... Is there a Jeepers Creepers box set you can buy? No. Oh, bummer. So, like, if you just remove the fact that it was directed by a convicted child rapist, it's a great movie. It's like, what would, I, what would you say if I were to tell you that Jeepers Creepers 2 had a higher Rotten Tomatoes score than Cocktail? Um, you know, I'd buy I it. Would I don't be like, surprised by that whatsoever. I don't like Jeepers Creepers 2 as much as Cocktail, but it's it's still pretty good. But better than Cocktail on uh, Rotten Tomatoes? It's a little surprising. That's, thank you. That's what I'm getting at here. It is kind of surprising. Well, the second I one... Like how the, I like how the guy who plays the titular Creeper is played by a guy who kind of looks like Brendan Fraser. Interesting. Like, kind of. I'm going like, to more like Brendan those... Fraser movies before we do this list next week. He's kind of like, reminds me, he'd be in like one of I those lists. I don't watch lists. Bedeviled, Chris. Huh? Bedeviled? And Blast from the Past? Is that the one with like, them in the elevators? No, it's the one where he like makes a deal with the devil. The devil's a woman. Oh my gosh, I remember really liking that movie when I was a kid. Yeah, you would. What do you mean I would? <laughs> that was a good movie. It's a crisp movie if I've ever seen one. I was a big Brandon Fraser head back in the day. Back, I even back saw day Furry Vengeance. Oh, hell yeah. Jeepers, creepers. Where'd you get those peepers? Did you watch the second one? Yes. Nice, tell me about Which it. Which is good, not great. Um, so, Ray Wise is in the second one. 
He plays a... Uh, so like, the, the movie opens with uh, Ray Wise's son being taken by the Creeper. And then it cuts to like this football team that's like... Which I get it. Like You need all these characters so that the <laughs> Creeper can eat them and take them away and whatnot. But I just feel like that story is way more interesting. Ray Wise literally trying to hunt down this Creeper. You know, it's actually kind of appropriate that a child raper made a movie where the villain is called the Creeper. Maybe he was just pulling from a wealth of knowledge that he had in his head. That's what I believe he has to be referred to as reformed child raper. Oh, I see. Because he did. What do you mean reformed? Like, we mean reformed. Like, I'm sorry, but. Isn't that just like a title? You know. Well, Chris. So he's no, long, he's no longer. Meaningless. I'm just like. I feel like with child raper, you can't be a reformed child raper because you raped a child. Chris, that is and literally the point of the prison system: is to reform and reintroduce back into society. So if he yeah, served his jail time okay, and he went back into society, he is, refor- he is a reformed child raper. Yeah, but he's still a child raper. I'm not taking that away from him, Chris. I'm just I adding the word reformed I, I, in front of it. Okay, but that still doesn't take away the fact that he's a child raper, whether you put reformed in front of it or not. He's I'm not trying to take that raper. title away from him. He deserves said title. I know, because he raped a child. I'm glad we got that out of the way. I'm just saying. How do we know he's truly reformed? Chris, how do we know anyone is truly reformed? I don't know. That's the bigger question. Chris, it's super easy. All you gotta do is go to victorsalvolivecam.com and you can see everything he's doing. What? Yeah, victorsalvolivecam.com. He's a live stream of himself? Yeah, it's always going, 24-7. To prove he's not a raper? Yep. Chris is going there right now. Yeah, Chris is going to look it up. He can't help it. Of course I can't help it. Is it real? Am I making it up? Yes, you're making it up. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Got him. You were looking it up too, Zach. I'm shuffling papers. Yeah. Can't see because your screen's still frozen, but whatever. Try and hide behind that bad internet connection. Whatever. I'm the only dumbass that looked, but whatever. Cannot confirm whether you did or did not look. Let's see. I can talk and say I watched a classic from 2001. Directed by the same guy who directed Gone in 60 Seconds. Any guesses? I don't know who directed Gone in 60 Seconds. Swordfish. Come on, man. That is a classic. You're right. Watch Swordfish. Directed by Dominic Senna. And you know what? This movie was a guilty pleasure when I was younger, and it's still a guilty pleasure now. It's... Completely ridiculous in every way, shape, or form. Um, but I just can't help but have a lot of fun with it. 
I love I love John Travolta's soul patch. I love how Hugh Jackman's not supposed to be hot. Um I love uh, the ridiculous not supposed um, to be. Supposed but he is. to be being the key but he, words. But he fucking is. Um I love the ridiculous ways they represent hacking, buses flying over cities. I mean, it's all just a lot of great fun. And there's actually quite a bit that I had forgotten about since the last time I had seen it. So it was good to it was good to refresh the old noodle. And the fact that this is only a 2.6 average rating on Letterboxd is a shame. So let's see. People are just now starting to appreciate The Mummy, and that came out in like 99. So in two years from now, people will start to appreciate Swordfish. When did The Scorpion King come out? Uh, 2000-something. Does that mean we have to wait another couple of years for people pe- before people start appreciating Scorpion King? Apparently Mulan on here appreciates the Sword King. Yeah, dude. The, whoever, the one who directed Scorpion King, or sorry, the one who directed Mulan loves Scorpion King. Oh, that's right. Okay, Scorpion King was 2002, so we gotta wait three years from now. Oh my gosh, people. Stop making me wait. Just get on it. Realize its brilliance. So you guys might as well bask in the glory now, while, you know, saying that you love the Scorpion King, because pretty soon all these fucking hipsters are going to be coming out, saying how they always loved the Scorpion King. I don't know about you, but I really liked The Rock's early stuff. I just learned that that uh, Stephen Summers directed Van Helsing. Yes, he did. I had completely forgotten about that. He sure did. Crystal, can't remember the movie you watched? It's trying. You've lost it. You're never gonna think of it. Zach, you got anything else? <laughs> um Yeah, I can mention that I watched uh the new documentary on Netflix called Premiered Yesterday. Directed by Emmett Malloy, uh, Biggie Colon. I got a story to tell. What is this? This is about the Biggie's um, This kind of celebrates his life of uh, notorious rapper, uh, notorious P.I.G. P.B.I.G. <laughs> Sorry, there was a sandwich at Harvest Moon called P.I.G. Anyways, if you are familiar with his music, I assume this would be why you would watch said documentary. Uh, Don't waste your time. You're not going to learn anything new. Really? It's pretty much, or just watch the 2009 classic Notorious, and you'll see everything you need to know. Oh my gosh. There's... There's interviews with Puff Daddy. They're fun. They're pretty good. So this is probably the most interesting thing about the movie. Which is that about five, ten minutes in, they're interviewing D Rock, who is like his best friend. 
and mm-hmm. you're watching this footage, and it's like video, like VHS footage, and D-Rock is like, yeah, so when he started getting famous, I would carry a video camera around, and I videotaped every single day that we spent together. And it's like, oh shit, that's what we're about to see. Nope, wrong. We don't see any more of it. What? You don't see any like, of the footage? Like, why is that? Like, do your stupid interviews if you really want to, right? But why is that not the footage that you would show if you could somehow get your hands on it? He's telling you that he filmed every single day they were together, beginning to end. That seems way more interesting. Yeah, like a whole documentary piece together just about that. Like, they interview, like, his mom and how, you know, his mom never liked how profane all his music was, and that she threw away all his mashed potatoes on the, under the bed. And just some good Why'd stuff. you do that? Because, Chris, you can't have old dried potatoes under your bed. Alright. It wasn't this... mashed potatoes, Chris, it was crack. No, I, uh... I think it was mashed potatoes. There ain't no goddamn mashed potatoes, I. Mashed potatoes. Really no reaction from that? It's from the fucking movie Notorious. You guys suck. I only remember one line from Notorious. And it was that line where he's like, You send me in the juggle, I'll come out with a chinchilla coat and having gained ten pounds for eating them. <laughs> it's the only one I remember from that movie. That's a good one. This is like you're saying, you're saying don't go out of your way to check out this talk. Yeah, I think it should be retitled. I don't have a story to tell because you know it already. <laughs> oh, Zach! <laughs> what, a, what a rascal! Got him. Chris Beverly Hills Ninja is uh, on uh, Netflix. You watched that yet? No, I've passed by it. Melissa tried to watch it the other night at my mom's house, but we weren't staying. That's a Happy Madison movie. You gotta watch it. I know. I know. I'm, I'm in on it. Don't get me wrong. I've never seen Beverly Hills Ninja, so I guess I gotta check that out. I didn't even—I didn't realize it was uh, Happy Madison. That's—it's oh, it's pretty good. Directed by Dennis Dugan. Oh shit! Yep. <laughs> the Dennis Dugan nice. episode just got one, just got one movie longer. Did the Dugster do Beverly Hills Cop? No. That would oh, be God. that would be something. <laughs> that would be something. The Beverly Hills trilogy. Cop Ninja and. Are there two Beverly Hills Ninja movies? It's like two no. or three. It looks like it real quick. Maybe I was reading that wrong. I'm pretty sure there's only one Beverly Hills Ninja movie because he like killed himself shortly after. Well, what are the what are the other movies? The other Ninja movies that is it three ninjas that I'm thinking of? Yeah, that's what you're thinking of. Yeah, like, there's yeah, three ninjas. Three a... ninjas kick back. Watched a Chris Farley documentary once, and it was talking about how like. He was so upset by Beverly Hills Ninja's like poor reviews at the time that like he just went on this massive bender. Guess 
Nice. The Beverly Hills Ninja Rotten Tomato score. Two. Zach, got a guess? 21. It is better than Cocktail, but it's not 21. It's 14. Nice. I gotta check out Dang. the Surf Ninjas. This looks great. Uh, the last thing that I can mention that I watched is a classic from 1998. This is a movie I grew up on. Recently just released on Blu-ray. Checked out Small Soldiers again. I've been really thinking about this movie a lot recently. And I had some I had some work to get done the other night, so I wanted to just throw something easy on in the background and Um Small Soldiers is an interesting movie. You can definitely you know, obviously now as an adult looking back, you can definitely tell uh <clears throat> that uh there's definitely you know, that, that time was pretty hot because this came not maybe trying to think when did gremlins come out was that the 80s 86 7 8 oh 84 okay i didn't think i thought it was i thought it was a little bit closer to small soldiers but let's see because toy story was 1994 i want to say 95 so you know, there's definitely a lot of like toy movies going on at the time and you can definitely tell a lot of the influence that Toy Story had on this movie. I mean, let's be honest, this is better than Toy Story. I wouldn't say it's better than Toy Story, but it, it does have some great uh great voice acting. Like Tommy Lee Jones plays the head command like head commander soldier. Um I love the look, look of the Gorgonites. They're like super weird and creepy, and um, you got like you got a real young David Cross in there, <clears throat> real young Kirsten Dunst in there. Um, some of the effects are, you know, they're you know, as expected. They're a little bit dated, but I think it's still, I think it's still pretty fun. Like I still enjoyed it quite a bit. Some of the music choices are kind of funny and work well. Um, there's like some kind of like, I don't know if you guys remember this scene, but I had completely forgotten about it. Like when they transform the Barbies into sort of like soldiers, uh-huh. kind of forgotten, kind of forgotten how like creepy that was. I don't remember anything from this movie. Neither do I. There was some stuff that I definitely remember, but that was one thing I had forgotten. I was like, how did I forget this? Like this is so weird and so bizarre. <laughs> How bizarre. But how bizarre. Yeah. How bizarre. But Ooh, yeah. baby. But it's so fun. It's worth a worth a poke. Definitely give another Oh yeah, Dennis Leary's in it too. Um, that rascal. Yeah. Definitely a biz- bizarre cast, but I think it's pretty fun. Dennis pretty Leary's fun in that? Yeah, he plays like the guy that buys out the tour company. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the fact that this is only a three stars on Letterboxd, that's just that's just crazy to me. I don't know, man. People need to wake up. They're all sheep. Yeah, people need to wake up. 
They're all sheep. Oh, gosh. But that's all I got for the week. That's it. You gotta wait till next week to hear all the good stuff. Chris, you still don't remember? I've been trying, man. I can't remember. Because if you rewatched anything for your top 100 list... This guy doesn't even have 100 movies yet. He's like stuck in... Because the only way that would be possible would be if you hadn't seen 100 movies in your life. It's just hard to rank. Like, it's hard to, like, list 100 movies that I find are worthy of being on my top 100 list. Like, that's 100 movies, dude. That's a lot. It's not that many. To you, maybe. I don't have letterbox to assist me. No, you do, though. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'll come up with something. Yeah, you, you better. What? Adam Sandler has at least 60 movies. Just rank those first and figure out your last 40 spots. Alright, dude. I mean, if that's what you want, I'll give the people what they want. It's not what I want, but... What do you, what do you want? What do you want on my list? Like, what are you expecting of me? I want just to make this for you? effort. Sure, dude. Fuck it. Take that off my plate. I just want an honest... Just an honest list, Zach. That's all I want. You're good at an honest so, list. I just want you to make a list that you feel proud of. I, I will, also want that. I will make a list because no matter what. And list if it I doesn't make, include the little vampire, I know you're lying. Oh my fucking gosh. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot that movie existed. I did How too. How you forget? What a great movie. What's that kid? That's that little kid's name that's in it? Some dweeb. I don't know. He's probably a heroin addict now, but. Probably. Sick. Who wouldn't? Jonathan Lip. Jonathan Lip Nikki. That's right. Jonathan Lip. He's in Stuart Little. Yeah, the guy from Stuart Little. Wow, this guy's jacked now. Yeah. Holy shit, he got into steroids. So much for being a heroin addict. Good yeah, for this you. guy is fucking. This guy's lean as shit. Nice. I'm still pretty sure it was Jonathan Lithgow, but you guys can go with oh, Lip this Nikki is a, all you want. What? Here's a this is there's a picture of him and Chris's mom together. <laughs> How old is Mr. Lipnicky? He'd be thirty one no. right now. Oh, he is thirty one. Yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, he's looking good. I don't know why you guys keep looking up Jonathan Lipnicky. It's Jonathan Lithgow. <laughs> He's the little vampire. Zach, do you have anything else to mention? No. Um, do you, so do you guys want to kind of hold off for a little bit to finalize your list, get things together? How do you want to do it? Um, I mean, realistically... You just need to have your bottom 50 solidified. Correct. I'm pretty much good to go whenever. Well, Chris is only 80 movies, so... I need a little time. Chris, 
Not to be that guy. Uh-huh. But you've had more than a year. You are yeah, correct. For sure. You've known about this for a while. I've known about this for a long while. But I have a buttload of homework due in the next two weeks that I have to do. Okay. But you also so knew we'll... about this before you even decided to go back <laughs> to school. I mean, this is all so true. You're right. But that this is the classic... doesn't change the fact that I don't Chris, have it done. Did Nomadland teach you nothing? You're living in a circus, bud. Get rid of the homework. Forget about college. Make your top 100 list. That's what your heart desires. <sighs> this is literally classic Chris. Book what, reports dude? due tomorrow. I guess I'll just do Hatchet. That was a pretty good book, though. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. Until we got to high school. Miss Downey was like, until ninth Chris, grade. this is meant for seven-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, dude. Think of me like that teacher, Chris. I'm kind of like, you need to get going, bud. I'll get going. I'll do it. Like, don't get me wrong. It will get done. But homework Good. comes first. All right, well, you let us know when you got 50 movies, and then we'll record. I'll let you know when I have my bottom 50 finalized. Good. By Sunday. It'll, it'll be screen by Thursday at midnight in case of death. Oh, shit. That's true. <laughs> that is true. All right, anything else to say before we wrap this up here? That's it. All right, well, as always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spending 99 episodes with us. We'll be back next time with episode number 100 and our 100 countdown. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. Until next time. Bye-bye. Sorry, guys. I quit. I'm done.